Hey everyone, welcome to the Tulia Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. One of the things that we didn't pray for that I wanted to pray for was rain. I forgot in the early service, and I forgot in this service. So would you just uh, join me, close your eyes, and let's join in prayer, and let's pray for rain. Father God, thank you. Father, I thank you for rain on our land, Lord. We trust you for rain, Lord, on our crops, our fields, our farms, our ranches, our yards. That, God, you pray on our, on our cities, you bring rain. And that, Father God, we thank you that we don't have drought, that we have rain, that your hand of blessing is on us, and that we have the water that we need, Father. And I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. <clears throat> and everybody said, amen. amen. Praise God. We're going to look at Psalms chapter 1 this morning. Let me tell you about Psalms. The book of Psalms was written to express God's compassion towards you, his child. Lots of the Psalms were written by King David. And when King David wrote them, in some of them, he's real excited, he's real encouraged. And then in some of them, he's real discouraged. And so regardless of whether you're in a high place or you're in a low place right now, the Psalms were written for you. Now, if you were to take time to read one psalm a day. Now, the average psalm is about 20 20 verses, okay? If you took time and you read one chapter a day, there's 150 chapters. You would read all summer. You would read in the fall, September, October, November. And kind of in November, along the time of Thanksgiving, you would finish the book of Psalms, and you will have read all 150 chapters. Now, Some of the chapters are long, and you might not get through them in one day. You'd have to break them up. But I just want to encourage you in something. If you would read Psalms, it would strengthen you. It would encourage you. It would refresh you. It would minister to you. And it would draw you closer to God. Your relationship with God would grow. Your intimacy with God would grow. Now, the Bible says in the New Testament that we can hear the voice of God. Jesus said that. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and we're his sheep. And if you've ever struggled with that, if you've ever felt like, man, pastor, you know, sometimes I just don't feel like I hear God like I would like to, one of the ways you can grow in that is by reading the Psalms out loud. Okay, just take a chapter of Psalms and read it to yourself out loud. And when you do that, you know what happens? You train your heart and your ear to hear God. Because God speaks through his word. It's really difficult to be a Christian apart from the word of God. One of the best things you can do to grow spiritually is take time each day to read the word of God. Listen, if it's been a while since you've read your Bible, it shouldn't make you feel guilty. It should make you feel hungry. Because God's word feeds you. So I just want to encourage you this morning. Man, if you were to read a chapter in Psalms, read it out loud You will grow in your faith, you'll grow in your relationship with God, and you'll begin to hear God better because you're feeding on God's Word, and it will help you in every area of your life because it's really difficult to walk with God 
and to be close with God apart from the Word of God. Now, let me tell you about Psalms chapter 1. It's only six verses. It's really short. Remember last week we talked about how Jonah went into Nineveh and he preached a one-sentence sermon? If you were here last week, you remember we talked about that and how that was a really short uh, sermon. Well, Psalms chapter 1 is a really short chapter in Psalms. It's only six verses, and it only does one thing. It makes a comparison, and it compares the godly with the ungodly. That's what it does in six verses. And it talks about the blessing and the grace and the hope and the peace of God that's on the godly and how God will lead them in a path of blessing in a direction of grace, and then it talks about the terrible consequences of the ungodly. And so it sets up two examples, all right, the godly versus the ungodly. What happens for the godly, and then what happens to the ungodly. So we're going to start in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, and the very first word is blessed. It's the very first word. Now, two, a couple of things happen in uh, verse 1 and verse 2. God's going to tell you three things. I have up two fingers, and I said three. God, yeah, yeah, I must be from Arkansas. No, no, yes, amen. Praise God, amen. Yeah, he raised his hand. Hallelujah, amen. I'm I'm sorry. There you go, okay. God God is going to tell you three things not to do and two things to do, all right? Listen, the Bible is always clear and it's practical, all right? He's going to show you three things not to do and he's going to show you two things to do. But before he does that, He offers the benefit, if you will, or he offers the blessing or the prize, if you will. Here's the very first word. It's blessed. He says blessed. Now, let me tell you what that means. If you would use the Amplified Bible, the word blessed means four things. It means happy, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied. Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied. Blessed. The very first word of the psalm is blessed. It'll cause you to be happy. Anybody in here want to be happy? Man, I do. Amen? Okay, listen, when you follow God, the benefits, one of them is happiness. Okay, God will bless you with happiness. It's happiness. Then the next one is, uh, oh, I, I'm losing my train of thought. I've got to look here. I, hang, hang on. Don't lose me. All right, happy, then fortunate. Okay, what's fortunate? Well, fortunate is, you know, just Jason sitting right here, so I'll use him as an example. Man, man, Jason's fortunate. Yeah, and I mean that in a good way, not a bad way or a sarcastic way. He's fortunate. He has a beautiful wife. He has three beautiful children. He has another baby on the way. He's going to have four. Amen. Four and no more. Amen. <clears throat> and, and he's fortunate. And I'm not trying to embarrass him, but it's like somebody looks at your life and they say, man, that person is fortunate. Listen, when you follow God, the Word of God says you'll be fortunate. You'll be blessed, happy, fortunate. The next one is prosperous. All right, everybody in here wants to prosper, do you not? Okay, to be prosperous. And then the last one is to be envied. Now, the Bible warns about envy. Okay, the Bible says that you and I should not envy others, okay? It says in the book of James in chapter 3 that envy is devilish or demonic. It's not a good trait to have in your life. You don't want to envy others. But Psalms 1 says, 
other people will envy you. That as you follow God, as you say yes to Jesus Christ, you're going to be happy, you're going to be blessed, you're going to be fortunate, and you're going to be envied. Then he tells you three things not to do. Let me read to you what they are. He says, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. We're not supposed to walk, stand, or sit with the ungodly. Let me tell you what those words mean. The word counsel means plans and purposes. Stand means to be submissive and inactive. And the word sit means to relax and rest. Now, I just want to make this simple. Jesus never said to not hang out with sinners. He never said not to do that. He was accused and criticized for doing it, okay? All right, so we're not supposed to be self-righteous or holier than thou, and the only people you can be around is other Christian people. God wants us to go out into the world and be around the ungodly, and we're supposed to go be around them and let our light shine before them. And the Bible says, so they'll glorify our Father. Not so they'll glorify you, but so that they'll glorify our Father. Listen, God wants you working someplace where you can be around people that don't know God so your light can shine before them. God's not afraid for you to be around the ungodly, but what he does not want you to do is listen to them, be influenced by them, or to follow them. Are you, are you with me? Okay, so I'm not supposed to walk, stand, or sit with the ungodly. And what it means is I'm not listening to their counsel. I'm not following their ways. I'm following God. But it's okay to be around them as long as they're not influencing my life and I'm influencing their life. There's the difference. Okay, now, let me say something to you. <clears throat> if you can be around the ungodly and you have no concern for their eternal well-being, you have no concern for their soul. You have no concern for their spiritual condition. In other words, you hang around with them, but you never mention Christ. You never mention that Jesus has changed your life. Well, that puts you in a bad light, okay? It says in the Scripture to not sit in the seat of the scornful. The word sit means to relax, to recline. In other words, you enjoy hanging out with the ungodly, and, and you don't influence them. They influence you. And it says in the Scripture, when you do that, that you're sitting in the seat of the scornful. So God says three things. Okay, what's the first thing he said? He said, I want you to be blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and to be envied. Now, let me just give you a double dose of that. Amen? Amen. All right, then he says three things. Don't walk, stand, or sit with the ungodly. Don't walk, stand, or sit with the ungodly. Doesn't mean you're not around them, but it means they're not influencing you. Then he tells you what to do. That's verse 2. Let me read it to you. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now, we've learned three things of what not to do. Let me show you two simple things to do. The very first word is the word delight. Okay, the word delight means desire. Listen, we all have desires. I've got desires. You've got desires. We all have desires. Another way to say it would be hungry. Okay, what are you hungry for? Okay, Vicki and I were talking the other day about the very first time we met. Uh, she came over to my mother's house. 
My father had died at his job, and my mother had never worked, but she got a job, and she went to work. And when she went to work at a place in Amarillo, my wife worked there. She wasn't my wife yet, of course. Uh, she worked there. And so for some reason, we were trying to figure, we couldn't even remember why, but she came home with my mother one day to the house. And when she came home, I came in, and she was there. Now, I can remember exactly what she was wearing. She was wearing a gray pantsuit, and the top and the pants were the same color, and she was sitting on my mother's green couch. She made an impression on me. Amen? And she said, when you came in, you were all dark and tan because I was working for a guy that was a roofer, and I was outside every day roofing. And she said, when you came in, you were all dark and tan. She left out handsome. I don't know why she did, but... <laughs> You know, she didn't say I was tall, dark, and handsome. She just said I was dark. Okay, all right. And she said the very first thing you did was you went to the freezer and you got an ice cream bar. And I've been addicted to ice cream for my whole life. Amen? But we were talking about that story, and we were talking about my love for ice cream, okay, and how it goes all the way back to my childhood. Listen, I want to ask you a question. What are you hungry for? God says to be hungry for his word. Okay, be hungry for his word. Now, let me tell you two things. <clears throat> if you're hungry for God, great. If you're not hungry for God, all you have to do is pray and ask God to help you. God, give me a hunger for your word. God, give me a hunger for your presence. God, give me a hunger for church. That's all you gotta do. If you've been hungry but it's been a while since you've been hungry, you pray the very same thing. God, give me a renewed hunger for you. Listen, ever since my children were born, I've prayed over them that they would be hungry for God. When they were small and I would put them to bed and tuck them in and read them a story and pray with them, I always prayed they'd be hungry for God. I prayed it their whole lives, and when they left the house and became adults, I continued to pray it over them, and now I prayed over their children, my grandchildren. Listen, pray over your family, pray over your children, pray over your grandchildren that they would be hungry for God. And here's what I would always pray, that nothing would fulfill or satisfy that hunger. Not money, not success, not education, not a good marriage, not great kids, that there's nothing in life that they could go after that would fulfill them outside of God and His Word. Now, all those things are good things, and I'm not saying they're not, but I prayed that. So I want to ask you one more time, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? The Bible says to delight or to desire the Word of God. And if you do, well, what did he say? He said you'd be blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and envied. Then he says to meditate in the Word of God. Let me tell you what that word means. It means to ponder. It means to think about, okay? Can you remember when you were dating uh, your wife or your husband and you thought about them all the time? You couldn't quit thinking about them. And, you know, Ashley would get on the phone with Arthur in the middle of the night, and she'd be covered up with her head under the covers, talking on the cell phone. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, or her mother would wake up. You know how you just wake up and you think, did I hear something? Well, you know, you go in the bedroom and throw the covers back, and she's in there on the phone, right? <laughs> and, and you know how you do when you're young? What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. Well, that's because it's 2 in the morning. <clears throat> but she couldn't stop thinking about him. Now, are you over that now? Is it better? No, yeah, they don't, I don't think they talk at two in the morning, maybe, unless it's just about the baby. 
All I'm trying to help you understand is to have a desire for the Word of God and then to meditate on it. We've talked about two different ways to help you understand meditation. A cow eats grass. Uh, it goes into its stomach. It spits it back up. I know that's gross. And then it rechews it, and that's called chewing its cud. And y'all, y'all, I know y'all know that because we live in West Texas. A cow goes and finds some place, and it lays down, and it chews its cud. Okay, you and I are supposed to be chewing or meditating or rolling over the Word of God in our heart and in our mind. You do the very same thing. You read a verse or you read a chapter of Psalms, and then throughout your day you think about it, you talk about it, you roll it over in your mind, just like you do worry. Everybody in here knows how to worry. And you get a thought, you get something you're worried about, and what do you do? You carry it with you all day long. And you ponder it, you roll it over, you think about it, and that's what worry is. Now, do the same thing with the Word of God. Just ponder on it, think about it, roll it over, say it to yourself. The other example is like a pair of tennis shoes in a dryer. You know how when you wash your tennis shoes, if you put them in your dryer, what do they do? Well, they make noise. And you can hear it all over the house, can't you? Yeah. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Okay, it's the same way. Instead of rolling your tennis shoes over in the dryer, roll over the Word of God in your mind. And let me say it one more time. It's really hard to be a successful Christian away from God's Word. Now, there's a lot of knowledge in this room. I follow Jason on Twitter, and he knows a lot about farming. A lot more than I would I would ever know, and when I read his tweets and he talks about things he's doing and he'll talk about chemicals and he'll show pictures and a lot of times I don't really understand what he's talking about. I I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he talks about things and he's talking to other people. He's not talking to me, okay? Because but I'm but he's you know what I'm saying? He's talking to other farmers and guys that know about what he's doing. But I don't understand all the time because he's an expert. He knows a lot about it. All right, let me encourage you to be the same way with God's Word. Put God's Word in your heart. Put God's Word in your mind. Meditate on it, just like what he said. Make it your delight. Become hungry for it. And here's what will happen. What did God say? He said, you'll be blessed, you'll be happy, you'll be fortunate, you'll be prosperous, and you'll be envied. Wow. All from something so simple, and so everybody in this room can do it. Then he says this. He says, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Look what it says on the screen. You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You will bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf will not wither, and whatever you do will prosper. Please leave that up for a moment, and I want you to see something amazing. God says you're like a tree. You are like a tree and you're planted by the rivers of water. Think about in this country, we have dry riverbeds, but underneath the ground, there's water running. You don't see it, but it's there. And big cottonwood trees or big elm trees grow close to those creeks, and they can be huge, and they can be big, and some of them can be 100 years old, and they're drawing water from a source that you do not see. You are the very same way. 
It says that you will be like a tree planted by the river of water. The water in your life is the word of God, the living water, and you're drawing from a source that no one else can see. And what happens when you do that? It says your leaf won't wither, you'll bring fruit, and whatever you do will prosper. Listen, what, think about trees for a minute. Well, first off, trees are stable. Trees are strong. Trees bring forth fruit. And what does God say? He says, when you meditate in the Word of God, this is going to describe who you are. You're going to be fruitful in your life. You're going to be blessed in your life. You're going to be prosperous in your life. And whatever you do, God's going to bless it and take care of it. That's a pretty good promise. Then the next thing it says is, but the godly, ungodly, excuse me, the ungodly are not so. It says they're like chaffed. Now, what's chaff? Well, that's the outer covering on grain that blows away. When grain is harvested, that outer part comes off. Do you remember the story in the Old Testament of Gideon? And he was hiding in the wine press from the enemy of Israel, which was the Midianites. And he had a winnowing fork, and he was throwing grain up in the air so the wind would blow the chaff away. It was the outer part that they didn't need, and it didn't have any value. Now, don't miss this. It says the righteous are like a tree. They're solid. The ungodly are like chaff, and they're blown away. You see the difference? Stability, instability. Then it says, the ungodly will not stand with the righteous in judgment. That Look, it says, therefore the ungodly will not stand in judgment, nor will sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Listen, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, and I know you do, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. And when you stand before Jesus, it's the blessing of God and the reward of God, not judgment. And that belongs to everybody in here that knows Christ. You're not going to be judged on whether you go to heaven or hell. That's already been done on Jesus on the cross. Listen to me. If you're afraid you're not going to go to heaven and you know Jesus is your Savior, I want to reassure you, heaven is your home. Well, pastor, I make mistakes. Well, we all do. That's why the cross happened. Amen? All right, then the last thing it says, and I want you to see it out of the next translation, but it's the last verse. Look what it says. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly will perish. Listen to it out of a different translation. God is fully acquainted with the righteous. God is fully acquainted with the righteous. That's you. Listen, God knows you. I said he knows you. He knows the number of hairs or the lack thereof on your head. <clears throat> Amen? Amen? He is fully acquainted with you. He knows you. He cares about you. He loves you. But it says in the, in the uh, Amplified Bible, but the ungodly will end in ruin and come to nothing. Now, I, I don't want you to miss this last point. <clears throat> I was so struck by the words that the ungodly's life comes to nothing. Think about living your whole life on earth and all the things you do, the jobs you have, the family you have. Think about if you live 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, then at the end of your life, you're ungodly, and it says your life comes to nothing. 
Now, nobody in this room wants that, and I know you don't. You're not, I don't believe you're going to have that. Okay, God is acquainted with you, and the righteous life comes to something. God has given you a heritage. God has given you an inheritance, and you're going to pass it on to your children, and they're going to pass it on to their children, and God's going to bless you. The Bible says the memory of the just is blessed. The memory of the righteous is blessed. That's you and I. Amen? Amen. Our lives don't come to nothing. Our lives are blessed by God. Now, let me wrap it up and we'll stop. The very first thing I said was, God wants you to be blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Ever, that's a good place to be. Don't walk, stand, or sit with the ungodly. Doesn't mean you don't hang out with them. When you hang out with them, you love them, and you let your light shine. It means that you don't listen to their plans and you don't do what they want. But what do you do? Will you meditate and delight in God's Word? You let it roll over in your mind, and you do it every day. And then you are like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Your leaf doesn't wither. You bring forth fruit in your season, and everything you do prospers. What an amazing set of promises. Now, what did I tell you? All Psalms 1 does is make a comparison. It compares the godly, us, to the ungodly and to the blessing of God on your life and to the destruction on the life of the ungodly. Now, can I encourage you? I bet every single one of you know somebody that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. And can I just encourage you just to pray for them? All right, Vicki and I were talking about her dad just this morning. He's 90 years old. And as far as we know, he does not know Christ. We've been praying for him. We've been married 43 years, Vicki and I have, and we've been praying for him for 43 years that he would find Christ as his Savior. And I still believe he will not go into eternity without Jesus because God is gracious and God is merciful. Amen? Amen. That God will give him an opportunity, even if it's on his deathbed, to say yes to Jesus. And that's all he has to do is yes, Lord, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that his life does not come to nothing, but that he knows Christ. And when we get to heaven, I can say, see, I told you. And he'll have to say, yeah, Rusty, you were right. And that'll feel so good. (laughs) Amen? Amen. All right, y'all stand up. Let me pray for you. Praise God. The Lord's good. Amen? Amen. Father God, I love you. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. I'm so thankful that we're back in church. Father God, I thank you that we are like trees planted by rivers of water, that your hand is on us. Father, I'm thankful. Father, you bless us. You strengthen us. You encourage us. And that we have a good day and we have a good week and that your grace is on us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? That was pretty weak. Everybody said? Thank you. It's good. All right. I love you. Y'all go and be blessed.